friends. This is Rick Thomas, and you're listening to the Life Over Coffee podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. In the last article that I wrote for our ministry and also the podcast that accompanies that article, the Your Daily Drive podcast, I said on that podcast that we're making some significant changes to our ministry. Now, I'm not going to reiterate what's in that article or that podcast. You can listen to that or read it if you want. Go to the article that says the best reason to change is so that you can reach and help more people. And in that article and podcast, I talked about some big global shifts that we are making. And one of those is I'm st- I have stopped writing three articles a week, which is what I have been doing since 2015. I'm not slowing down at all. I'm probably speeding up, but I am focusing in other areas of our ministry that need more resource development. And again, you can read about that if you wish. But as I am backing, uh, throttling down on writing so many articles a week, it's going to free me up to do more things. And one of those things that I am will be doing is developing our Life Over Coffee brand. Some of you know that we started a video series a few weeks back, Life Over Coffee, with Daniel Berger and Rick Thomas. It has been received favorably, and we will continue to drop those videos as often as we can. They're super informative, and if you want to go to that video channel on our website, just go to the video page, look for the Life Over Coffee video series with Daniel Berger and Rick Thomas, and I would love for you. We talk about ADHD. We We talk about abuse and victim identity, and we have so many things that we're going to be discussing and rolling out that really speaks to a vital niche in this idea of all things pertaining to life and godliness, which our ministry speaks to. And so I'm really excited about that, and we we want to continue to develop the Life Over Coffee brand Part of that will be doing interviews, and another aspect of it is what I'm doing in this episode. I I'm, will start speaking to more current time-dated events. As you all know, our resources primarily are evergreen, meaning that they are current today and current 100 years from now, and that was intentional for the first 12 years of this ministry because I we were thinking from a legacy perspective that uh, we want this ministry to continue long after I am not here. One of my part of my mission statement is to live 25 years after I die. Well, I can do that by producing evergreen, always relevant content. But we also need to speak into the time that we live now. We have people who have written to us many times, and they said, "What is what? What's your perspective on this? What's a biblical angle on this this latest current event?" And I've never taken the time to do that. And so Life Over Coffee will also uh, take on that endeavor. And with that in mind, that's what I want to do with this podcast. If you want to read the show notes for the for this podcast, go to episode 268. Trigger warning as I share this title with you. Bear with me. I think this will be informative. Here's the title. Trump is the spotlight that exposes what was previously hidden. When you mention President Trump's name, you can come at it from probably, and I don't even think this is hyperbole, a thousand different perspectives. 
everybody has an opinion. There are so many different angles and different ways of thinking about him. And honestly, I think a lot of those ways that both Christian and non-Christian think about him is about the way we think about a king. It's human-centered. It's a man-centered way of processing what is happening in our country. I don't want to come at this topic that way in this podcast. I want to go up one more level. And the question that I'm asking, and this is the question that I want you to wrestle with throughout this podcast, I'm a sovereigntist. For those of you you Christians, uh, you have been regenerated, you love God, you're sovereigntist too. You believe in the sovereignty of God. And so there's two running parallels in our lives. There's the sovereignty perspective, and, and then underneath that is the human responsibility perspective. And so it's primary cause and secondary cause. Both of those things work together, but one is greater than the other. And so I'm not man-centered, I am God-centered. And so I would have God-centered or sovereignty on top, and then I would have man Uh, humanity's responsibility riding under that, both of them working in tandem, working together, but God's sovereignty is always in control. God is never out of control, and this is what I mean by a sovereigntist. And so if this is my perspective, which it is, then the most apparent question is, Why did God permit this man to be our leader, the leader of our country, for at least four years? And when you come at it from that perspective, a sovereignty perspective, you can look at it more rationally. (laughs) You can look at it more unemotionally. You can look at it more positively. You can look at it with more hope rather than discouragement. If you get down into the weeds of humanity and human machinations, well, you could, one, get lost, obviously, become discouraged, fearful, angry, and maybe a half a dozen other emotions that come to mind. And for those of you who name the name of Christ and you find yourself fearing, discouraged, or sinfully angry. I know, I know, many of you are righteously angry. I get it. There's a couple of you who are sinfully angry, and the rest are discouraged and despairing. Well, then you're not coming at it from a sovereignty of God perspective. Human responsibility is is over and above God's sovereignty. And my appeal to you would be to flip that around. And so with that in mind, episode 268, Trump is the spotlight that exposes what was previously hidden. hidden. Now, for those of you who have followed our resources and videos and teaching for a while, you understand this concept. The concept is the sun beams down on, and I use the illustration of a bowl of snow and a bowl of mud, wet mud. And when the sun beams down on it, the sun has the ability to to change what's in the container. Or you could look at it another way. The sun just really reveals what's in the container. The sun is being the sun. The sun does what the sun does. But it's the constitution of the container 
that will be revealed whatever's in the can. And so if snow is in the container, it's going to melt. If mud is in the container, it's going to harden. And so President Trump is like this great light, and it highlights all the evil and the perspectives, good or bad, that's in our souls. He is one of the most intriguing people that I've ever known from a distance. When people talk about him, they, I would say they cannot hide the ball. They will not hide the ball. If there is sin in the container, it will come out. If there's humility in the container and discretion and a social filter, well, that will come out too. But he is this great hot heat lamp that's beaming down on all of us, and he has that effect on us. I don't have to make a case for this. If I have to make a case for this to you, then I need to remove the rock that you've been living under for the past four years. And so you know what I'm saying is true. And I'm not saying that this personality feature that he has, I'm not making a moral statement about it. I'm coming at this from a sovereignty of God perspective, not an intent. I, I, don't, I don't come at I don't talk about people with intent in mind. I, I don't know what all the intentions of his heart are, and I'd be a fool to try to tell you what they are because that's not information that I have. But what I do know is God is sovereign, and he has raised this person up for a reason, and I'm trying to think. <laughs> I've been trying to think of the reasons for a long time, and as I prayed about it and reflected upon it and talked to other people and listened to other people, there's one thing that I know that's true. I know this is 100% correct. People do not hide the ball. You know where people stand. Now, where I'm, how I am positioning this, I'm telling you that that is a good thing. He has divided this country, you could say, in one clear line where there's a large group on the on one side and a large group on the other side. And from my perspective, the group on the other side is, is quite dangerous. All you have to do is mention Donald Trump to anyone, and they will give you an opinion. Often they will sin when they talk about him. Now, he is that trigger, and it'll set off an individual. I imagine that some people, when they heard the title of this this podcast, that they, they said some uncharitable things. Maybe even they're not even listening any longer, which would be, be sad. That, that would be sad to me. But if you mention his name, they'll talk about him. They'll talk about uh, his demographic, people who follow him. They'll talk about me. They'll talk about his policies. It is rare to find someone who doesn't have an opinion about him. Now, I will tip my hand, but you'll have to listen carefully to what I am saying. I like Donald Trump. He may or may not be a Christian. I don't know. Uh, it's not my call. Spiritual ontology spiritual ontology is not the criteria that, that I use to determine if I like or dislike someone. I like him quite honestly in the area of the policies that he has put forth. I appreciate the policies that he has uh, put forth. He has good virtues and, and he has bad ones. 
And I want you to think about that as well. And maybe we need to slow the podcast down because I know some of these things people will stumble over. And I'm not trying to to be a stumbling block on purpose, but I do want to challenge you to think. I mean, for example, John Piper would not vote for him because of his terrible virtues. And there are some character deficiencies about him and about um, Donald Trump. And there's no question about that. But then Wayne Grudem, on the other hand, would vote for him because he has some good virtues. And there is no doubt about that. I mean, honestly, as far as a leader is concerned, in a sense, Donald Trump reminds me of King David, an adulterer and a murderer. Our president was an adulterer. It has been admitted and owned and affirmed many times. He was not a murderer. But my point here is, is that he, my point here is is that he definitely splits the virtue list down the middle, as David did. And if I were to put the log in my eye, or if you were to properly fit it to your eye, you would have to say that you haven't nailed all the ver- good virtues that the Bible puts forth and all the excellent character qualities that the Bible puts forward. I'm not making an excuse for anybody that does bad things. I'm I'm not making an excuse for President Trump. I mean, sometimes he drives me up a wall, metaphorically speaking, with some of the tweets that he sends out and uh, the way he, when his ego just becomes completely unleashed. I mean, I get it. I see that. I understand that. I'm not deaf. But on the other side, I'm, I, I cannot say that he is a bad person when it comes to his actual policies. And that's why I think of King David, an adulterer. And I said murderer, but he was complicit or he was the one that made the call as far as uh, the murder. People who know him, Donald Trump, better than I do, like Judge Jenny. I heard her talk one time for a very long time, and she's known him for over 30 years. And she said he's a loyal man. He's kind. He's he's generous. He's interested in others. He cares about our country. He's willing to receive persecution for his views. As for his bad virtues, I, I'm sure you can give a list from your perspective on that, and I would not argue with you. But regardless of what you think about him, there has not been another person in America for the past 50 years who has received as much persecution as he has. I'm 61 years old. I came up in the 60s as a kid and so I started when I was 11 years old, just rolling back. I just I, I said 50 years ago, so I would have been 11 years old at the time. And I, I went through every person that I could think of who was hated, and there's been a lot of people who have been hated. But nobody has been hated as much as he has for five years running at the intense level that some people in our country and around the world hate this man. There is no justification for how some people talk about him, regardless of what he believes and the positions that he takes. We don't speak about fellow image bearers that way. I do not agree politically with uh, President Obama, President Clinton, Hillary Clinton, and maybe a few other people that, that you could add to a list like that. But I don't speak disparagingly about them because they are fellow image bearers. 
and there is no justification for how some people, and by the way, I'm talking about some Christian people. I mean, those that don't name the name of Christ, they don't operate with that kind of filter. Uh, they don't understand made in the image of God, and, and they really just speak their minds, and it's really sad. And so I get the virtue problem. I get the character problem. There's some bad there, but there's also some good. And I'm willing to, to talk about both of those and not uh, be so extreme on either side that I, I lose that clarity. Human depravity would communicate and affirm the same thing. There are good qualities and, and there are bad qualities. Now, from a policy position, he has been the best president that we have had in my lifetime, including Ronald Reagan. Many of President Trump's positions, his moves, his policies, they're really outstanding for our country. There are other areas where he's definitely weak. The spending, for example, is out of control. I want you to, to time stamp this podcast right now at the 17-minute mark. And then 20 years from now, I want you to come back and listen to this statement. Here it is. 10 or 20 years from now, if this country continues down a socialist pathway, people will have a changed, and I mean positive, view of President Trump. You won't find a person in America who has lived in a socialist country who would vote for a socialist agenda. If they would, then there was no reason for them to flee their socialist country. In fact, someone just commented on one of our supporters commented about that the other day. Uh, they said uh, she was a missionary, I think, in Romania or somewhere in Europe. And she, said, she said, I've been there, and there is no way I would vote for that. The only people who push a socialist agenda are people who have never lived in that kind of construct. And I do believe 10 to 20 years from now, you mark this statement, you come back to this point on this podcast, Rick said if this country continues down a socialist pathway, people will have a changed, positive view of President Trump. I talked about his policies and some of the things that, uh, in a general sense, that he has done, but the most significant thing that he has done, and this is the big point of this podcast, he has drawn out the previously hidden evil in our collective hearts, especially those who hate others or have a desire to destroy our country, whether ignorantly or intentionally. And I am not exclusively speaking of socialist or far-left demographics on the political spectrum. I am speaking about those people, but I'm also talking about those who embrace the woke ideas of identity politics and intersectionality and make unsubstantiated racist accusations. More specifically, I'm speaking of those who propagate these ideologies inside Christianity. The Southern Baptist Convention, for example, is just splitting wide open because of this identity politics that is going on. From a sovereign of God perspective, it appears to me that he has raised up this odd creature, Donald Trump, with his good and bad 
character and has pushed, positioned him on the center stage. He is like a, a huge magnet, a sin monster, and, and he draws out all of our sin, and, and it goes on billboards around the country as we are openly sharing our our hatred and anger and the divisiveness is is very deep but it's very clear and this is a positive thing think about this it is very very clear of who stands where and what they are pushing through you see when i came up in the 60s the democrats and the republican republicans uh, we were together on one thing socialism and communism was bad i mean collectively i mean nobody i mean there was always a few and this idea of socialism and communism has been here since the inception of the country i understand that but it's always been riding underground there's been a few odd ducks that have uh, popped their head out of the ground and have talked about these ideas. Yes, they've always been here. But in the last four years, those ideas aren't hidden anymore. It has been a mercy of God to draw these people out to the point, the, tr the Trump derangement syndrome, to draw these people out to where they do not care anymore of who hears them, who sees them, Antifa, uh, these other organizations, Black Lives Matter, and, and these uh, progressive Congress people that we have, there is, there's no hiding the ball anymore. It appears to me that the Lord has raised up big orange man bad as that sin magnet to draw this stuff out so that we know where everybody stands. And we do. There is no question about it now. Now, I have no idea who will be our next president. I don't. I mean, we're. it, it used to be an election day. Now it's an election season. I don't know how long this thing's going to last. I, I do have mixed feelings about the prospects. I mean, look at the two options. And of course, I think everybody feels that. If President Trump loses, I mean, it, it reminds me of losing a, it, it reminds me of a frustrating relative who dies. You're at the funeral and, and you reflect, recalling all the frustrations of him, the frustrated, uh, the relative, while ruminating on how you miss him. There's that. And then there, on the other side, you have Senator Biden, and everybody knows that he is just a temporary placeholder for Senator Harris. Our next long-term president is going to be Kamala Harris, and that's understood. If President Trump returns, well, we know what we're going to get. We have lived it. There's an element of Trump fatigue, and we all understand that. But then you have to ask the question, what about a President Biden presidency? Now, from a per perspective, uh, uh, as far as a perspective is concerned, my thought is, is that regardless of what happens, I'm not discouraged. I mean, even election night and the morning after, I wasn't discouraged. I had called to be discouraged, and I did have to fight it. I did have to guard my heart. I mean, it wasn't, I'm not that spiritual. And, and you're, you're fighting that too, and I, and I get it. 
But that's where I started thinking about this scenario where Sovereign Lord placed President Trump in a position for four years, at least, to shake up the political snow globe. Because both parties, in all honesty, were broken. We have not had a useful candidate since Ronald Reagan. And I don't mean to be unkind about that. I, I really don't. But none of the presidents, Democrat or Republican, have, have been any good, to be honest with you. President Trump is God's divine reset. Nobody could do what he, do, what he did. Nobody. Now, perhaps his time is over. I don't know. But he has stood there, and he's taken every punch, and he has fought back. And as you look at things today, we know more about where people stand than we knew four years ago. And it's vital to point out that President Trump, as I've said, is a fallen man. And for these people, and, and John Piper, for example, I mean, it's almost like there's this idea that you have to have this perfectly character kind of person. None of our presidents have ever been that way. No matter how high, how high we, we think of them, none of them, none of them have been that way. And by the way, if you or I stepped into that office, we would be in a long line of imperfect people. From a humanistic perspective, yeah, sure, we could find probably a more acceptable person than, than Donald Trump, but we're sovereignists. That's who we are. And so God has placed this person here, and so our perspective must transcend human developments and human engineering, because we don't put our trust in kings or in horses or chariots. It's not unreasonable or unprecedented for God to raise up an unsavory person to fulfill his purposes. I mean, we've been here before. He's done this before. Read the Old Testament. And so it, it does boggle the mind how some folks can be so Trump-centric or anti-Trump or Biden-centric or anti-Biden. Basically, they're human-centric. God is working out his plan, and we need to wrestle that truth in our hearts so that we can resist the discouragement that wants to follow because we're not getting whatever it is that we want. And so I trust that I have challenged you to, to think reflectively, rationally, biblically from a sovereign perspective, at least one angle. And I'm not saying I'm right, but it is an angle that I believe is worthy of your consideration. Let me wrap up this podcast by giving you another scenario. Suppose Senator Biden takes office. Well, as I said, we know that Senator Harris will be our next president at some point in the next four years. Think about this. The Republican Party has several strong candidates four years from now. Nikki Haley. Ron DeSantis, Christy Nome from uh, South Dakota. President Trump was God's lightning rod that drew out the heinousness in all of us, especially the far left. The derangement syndrome, this desire to destroy this country, again, it was always there, but President Trump brought it out front and center. He also raised, think about this, he raised every single demographic to conservative ideas, except for the white male. He raised the Latino uh, 
demographic, the black woman, the black man. I mean, even homosexuals, gay people for Christ. There is an entire huge conservative demographic that is unbelievably diverse that wasn't there before. Now, suppose in four years that God gives us a more civil and competent candidate. Well, then the white men will come back. And then if the white men come back with all of these conservatives, these new conservatives, well, then there is a good chance that we will have a Republican president in four years. And if Senator Biden is the president, as it stands now, we have a Senate as a backstop to keep the socialists from transforming our country to their agenda. And by the way, we also have a large group of determined conservatives who have the means to build a culture outside of legacy media. Before, we were beholden to CNN and these other outlets, but now people like Ben Shapiro and Glenn Beck and Candace Owens and Dennis Prager and a handful of others are building these small-to-large empires that have a phenomenal reach of carrying their message, the conservative message. And if Senator Harris becomes president— Well, that's like a best-case scenario for conservatives because she couldn't even sustain a primary run, the most liberal senator in Congress. My point here, President Trump has divided the country, raised up a bunch of conservatives, and in four years, there'll be a lot of people who will be ready to put the right person in office. A perspective. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.